all the way from BC. Can you guys please help me welcome James? My name is James. I'm an addict. And once again, I'd like to thank the committee and uh, everybody who helped put this on, and, and thanks to our chair. And I'm looking forward to hearing Joanne share later also. Um, yeah, I had I decided a, a couple of years ago that I was going to get involved in service, and and I kind of put myself out there a little bit. And that's kind of how I ended up here today. I, I'm the delegate for the BC region. Uh, you know, sometimes where where I come from, you know, I. I got clean September 12, 1999, and you know, just, I just took 17 years. Turned 50 years old a couple weeks ago, and like sometimes where I come from in a small town, that anonymity is, you know, that's James the service guy, right? Um, and and I, I admire that, but sometimes I just want to be James the addict. And I get that opportunity when I travel sometimes. I get to, to communities all over North America. And it's special because I can go to a meeting anywhere in the world and just be James the Addict. And sometimes I can do that at home also, but I have to kind of check my ego at the door and remember that when I go into the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, that's all I am, right? I'm not James the guy from work. I'm not, you know, the union guy or the safety guy or the HR guy. Like, I'm just an addict, right? Trying to stay clean one day at a time. And it took me a long time to figure that out. My first, my first day clean, I ended up in a detox. Five days later, I was going to leave. I did not want to stay there. I didn't know if I was, I didn't know what I was. All I know is I couldn't stop thinking and had this hole inside me. And this guy seen me looking out the window and he said, stick around, there's a Narcotics Anonymous meeting that night, tonight. And uh, it changed my life because I'd never heard of NA before that moment. I went to that Friday night hospital meeting and when I got there, they read who was an addict. And for the first time, I knew what was wrong with me. And then he did the rest of the readings, and my, and my eyes got a little bit wider. I still stared at the floor for another year, uh, wasn't able to share. I was nine months clean before I was able to read in a meeting. I was terrified. Something happened probably about a couple years into recovery for me. I got to meet a, an addict who was heavily in the hospitals and institutions, and he came up from Vancouver and did a workshop. Yeah, he lives in Toronto now, Arnie, and uh, I think he was just elected to the uh, chair of the world board, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, he kind of changed my life. I, I remember picking him up at the airport, and we, we went, like I had to drive him around for like six hours because he showed up early, and I got to talk about service work and how important that was. And he shared his story with me, and I, and I shared my experiences with him. And something really special kind of happened at that time. Um, one of my closest friends, we came into recovery together, uh, Daniel, he, was, he came in about a, week, a couple of weeks before I did. And, you know, we, we were like water and vinegar. Like, we just did not get along. And our sponsors didn't want us hanging out together because we were newcomers. And for a long time, we, like, just didn't fit. You know, that, and spiritual principles and... You know, putting the principles before everything else, we just weren't able to do it. We got under each other's skin so much. And we, we ended up doing this convention committee together. I think we were six years clean. And we both had this moment where we, we started looking at ourselves and started to take a look at them character defects and them shortcomings. And it probably took me six, seven years before I was able to process that, process that stuff. 
and we just started laughing at each other. We were so mad, but by the time the meeting was over, we were laughing. Uh, it was a Sunday night meeting. We read out of the works, uh, long forms of the steps and traditions. That was our home group for three years. You know, this uh, last January was the last time I seen Daniel. He got into a car accident and was killed. And it was right a couple days before I was getting ready to leave to Penticton for a car workshop. And we got to talk about the importance of service. He didn't do areas of service. He didn't do a lot of service other than helping sponsors, sponsees, newcomers. He was great with those. And it was pretty special to watch that relationship because he could... He had a way of, 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 of communicating with, with people that were suffering, right? That was not me. <laughs> I've had a lot of different sponsees. I actually have a, a good friend of mine. He's um, just took 22 years on Wednesday, and I've been sponsoring him for a few years. And We get along so well, and we do a lot of the same type of service work. But Daniel, we, we couldn't do that together. But we learned about the traditions and how important they are and how important they were in our lives. But yeah, the, the last time that I saw him was for, we spoke for about 15 minutes and we talked about the direction that Narcotics Anonymous is going in. We talked about the new Guiding Principles book that's coming out. And he was excited. And I, I feel that passion, right, of Narcotics Anonymous and, and what it has to offer a worldwide fellowship. Because for a long time, I was stuck in my little bubble staring at the floor at the Friday Night Hospital meeting. You know, I did that for such a long time. And then I got to meet other people who had the same passion and desires that I do. Um, so, like, really early in recovery, you know, I wanted to, you know, I broke out of my bubble and I started getting involved. I started learning about the traditions and the anonymity and, and I started listening to, like, anything I can get about the early days of Narcotics Anonymous. And I, I listened to a, a tape of Jimmy K talking about the greatest gift he'd ever received, that empathy. And I sat there, and for the first time in my life, I didn't have to explain something, right? I could feel it. The tradition kind of, kind of helped me in that part of my life. That, you know, the steps, I, for a long time, the steps, I really had to internalize and I had to think of. I even did this correspondence course once on chemical dependency, trying to figure myself out. You know, I, I always needed to to be able to understand. But that moment, I'll never forget it because for the first time in my life, I could feel. I didn't have to explain anything. I knew how I felt. When I think about the anonymity, it doesn't matter where I am in this world, that I'm James, I'm an addict, and, and I could feel, and I could share that with somebody else. I wasn't able to do that for a long time, right? You know, the obsession to, the obsession of everything. Um, for a couple of years, I was doing some pretty stupid stuff in my life, and uh, I came into recovery, and I was still doing stuff in my garage, right? I loved the lifestyle. I was addicted to the lifestyle, and I, I couldn't stop. Um, my first set of steps, it probably took me about three years to finish it, but just when I got to step eight, I looked at my sponsor and, and his sponsor and it was called Andy's Basement and uh, the three of us did a step group together. And I, you know, there's a, that, there's a question where I said, is there anything else you'd like to tell your sponsor? 
And I held on to that for a little while, right? And get to step eight, and we're just about done going into step nine, and I'm thinking about these amends that I need to make. And that's when I had to tell the two of them men what, what I was doing in my life. And they looked at me and they said, have you stopped? And I said, yes. And I looked at my sponsor and he says, are you going to do it again? And I said, no. And, and I was crying. Like, I, I was completely destroyed, I thought. But at that moment, I felt unconditional love. Because they said, on to the next question. You know, they didn't care what I was doing. All they wanted to know was if I was going to change. And the spiritual principles that I've learned through practicing the program and learning how to put the traditions into my life. I don't know where I'd be today without that. Because when I got here, I didn't want to live any longer. My life was done. I tried everything there was to stay clean. Nothing worked. The only reason I went to detox was because my wife was going to leave. She said, you get help or I'm leaving. And I was scared to be alone. I got there. I didn't want to leave there because they were feeding me and the phone wasn't ringing. Nobody was looking for me. I didn't want to go back to work, so I decided I was going to go to treatment. I went to this 30-day treatment center because I was scared to go back to work. Because I didn't want them to know what was going on, but it was no secret. Everybody knew what was going on in my life. So my first 30 days of recovery, I had no idea about anything. You know, I'd go stand outside in front of that Friday night hospital meeting and they'd be smoking and I didn't have cigarettes. I'd just hang out with them and you know, they could tell I was hurting and they would talk to me and you know, they'd say some stuff and I would I would agree with them, right? And just terrified. I did I just wanted to fit in. So after about sixty days I looked at one of the guys and I asked him, What does that mean? And he told me, he explained it to me. I still didn't understand, but I agreed with him anyways. My sponsor looked at me and says, James, you should get a dictionary. He whispered it to me, and it's like, I did. I had to get a dictionary, and I had to start going through the, the step guide to understand what the words were. I had no idea. Now, looking back, that was pretty easy times for me. You know, it says in our basic text that we have to completely change our old ways. For me, it was pretty simple because I had to change everything. It wasn't until I spent a little bit more time in, in recovery and, and getting more involved in service work that I started to get in my own way and started to think, right? Because sometimes my thinking gets me in a lot of trouble. Um, but that's where the traditions come in. Uh, you know, they play a pretty big role in my life because I've learned to apply them into my life. You know, whether it's the unity from step one, or tradition one, sorry. You know, to me, that's the most important thing there is. You know, I had the opportunity to, to spend a week here in, in meetings. And, you know, every morning we would do a reading. And, you know, I was asked what was the most important reading in my life. And it's the service prayer. Because everything we do is for the newcomer, right? Everything I do is, is to help somebody else. So I remember the pain of what it was like when I got here. A year and a half ago, I was 15 years clean, and my life was falling apart. I felt almost the same way I did when I got here. And part of the problem was, I wasn't applying 
principles of honesty and integrity and and there was some acceptance I needed too you know my ego kind of run away with me there was some stuff going on in my life and I was a part of a convention committee and and our, our treasurer he was like 28 years clean and we clashed a lot because I was trying to run the convention by myself uh, my ego was going out of control um, because my personal life was falling apart but I couldn't really tell anybody because it, it appeared that everything was perfect had the, you know I had a girlfriend in recovery she was like our regional secretary things were perfect right we had the perfect life we were going to get married and when things were going bad I didn't want to tell anybody and I lived with that, right? And I tried, I started to control everything around me. And yeah, that didn't work out very good because uh, when the relationship ended, a Saturday night lying on the couch, I knew that if I got off that couch, I would either not live that night or I'd, I'd be still using today. And that really terrified me. And that's when I had to get honest with a lot of people in my life. And there's a... Uh, I've had the same sponsor for 17 years except for one year and there's this guy Lloyd he's in my home group and you know he looked at me and he said James go back to basic text open it up start at the beginning and you're all the answers are there right so I have to completely reconstruct my life from the beginning right so I get up in the morning I pray I meditate I journal I have breakfast. Like, I do some basic things every day, and I did that stuff every day for about a year. I'm not able to do 90 meetings in 90 days, but I'm able to talk to people in recovery every day. I have that ability. And I'm able to talk about how I'm feeling. Because I know that it's a progressive disease. And I know what will happen if I don't do it. Because it'll get worse, right? And I don't want to go there again. You know, I've watched a a lot of people come into this program and, and go back out and relapse and die. Um, you know, I had a brother who, who was in recovery on and off for a number of years. And, you know, he relapsed. He died. I was two years clean. And, uh, you know, like, there's a lot of times in my life where I've seen that kind of stuff happen with family members. But I didn't have any spiritual principles growing up. I didn't. You know, we, we didn't feel we kept it. It was a quiet life, right? I was meant to sit there and be seen and not heard. And that's the way that I grew up, so I had to learn how to live all over again. But I'm grateful today that I can go to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. I can look around this room, and, and I know that I can share with anybody here about what's going on inside. And somebody will understand, right? Because nobody understood me before I walked into the rooms and before I heard our readings. So if you're struggling, um, talk to somebody. Because uh, we never have to be alone. Yeah, never have to be alone. And that's a, that's a great gift. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story, James.